Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the book Grit by Angela Duckworth. Keep listening to find out how you need to dig in and get more done. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back and this is episode 46, almost a year in, some exciting things happening up over the Christmas break period, some different episodes and also coming up for the first birthday episode, got a few fun things planned and a few fun live things planned. If you are here in Melbourne, keep an eye out on the social media, so on Instagram at Steph underscore Clark underscore underscore or on LinkedIn, both the links to those are in the show notes for more details as they emerge. Obviously, as we come up to nearly a year of Steph's Business Bookshelf, also thinking about improvements and hacks and level ups ready for 2020 or year two of the podcast. So if there's anything you would love to see more of, less of, or hear more of, or hear less of, then let me know. Also, if there's any supplementary things that you would like from the podcast, then let me know too. I know for many of you, you listen to this because you tell me you listen to this on the train or on the tram or while you're driving. So again, if there's things that you would like to support the podcast and support your takeaways from the podcast, then please let me know. And I'd love to add those into the mix as ideas for next year. Also a little shout out, actually a big shout out, why not, to Ishan Chan, who gave me a big shout out on her recent Digital Learners podcast, where she was talking about modern ways of learning and particularly in terms of reading. One of the things she shared was how that she doesn't often have time to sit down and take in a whole book. So she's tried different options, including Blinkist and audiobooks and podcasts. And she gave this podcast a big boost and a lot of love. So Ishan, thanks very much. You are awesome. And check out Ishan's podcast. She's just recently done a rebrand and it is awesome. I love the language she's using around how she used to feel like she used to have to fit in when she joined workplaces and teams and now she's really using and building her talent stack and building her unique skill set to stand out rather than just trying to blend in. Ishan, you're awesome. Nice work. And of course, I'll pop a link to Ishan's podcast in the show notes. Little hydration update as I seem to have gone into the habit of telling you what I'm drinking whilst I'm recording the podcast. It's Tuesday evening, a bit of a later recording in the week for compared to normal and just a bit of H2O this evening given I am about to go to bed after doing this. So nothing too crazy this evening. This week's episode is about the book Grit by Angela Duckworth and it's one that I had had on my TBR or my reading pile for ages and I'd heard so much about it and I'd heard lots of quotes and examples and I'd heard Angela interviewed on a number of podcasts including Freakonomics and Tim Ferriss amongst others and really liked her, you know, her message and what she had to say. Also watched her TED Talk, which I recommend you watching as well. It gives a really good overview of Grit and why it's important and some of the ideas that obviously I'll be talking about today as well. One of the things I really liked about the book, and I'll, talk, I'll give a little intro into the author and the book in a moment, as I usually do. But one of the things I really like that it isn't just about almost gratuitous buckling down, not giving up, and that hardcore kind of mentality that the word grit sometimes conjures up. It was much more nuanced than that and much more strategic and, and intentional, which I really liked and really liked getting into the intricacies of grit and what that can and should and does mean to different people and performers at all levels. But before I get further into the things I learned from the book and what I liked about it, a little bit about the author. Angela Duckworth is co-founder and CEO of Character Lab, a non-profit that uses psychological science to help children thrive. 
She's also a professor of psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, and in 2013 was named a MacArthur Fellow. Prior to her career in research, she was a math, maths and science teacher in the public schools of New York City, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. Angela shares the research-backed advice for parents and teachers in her Thought of the Week. That's taken from her website, angeladuckworth.com. Link in the show notes. A little bit about the book, if you haven't already heard of this one. In this instant New York Times bestseller, pioneering psychologist Angela Duckworth shows anyone striving to succeed, be it parents, students, educators, athletes, or business people, that the secret to outstanding achievement is not in talent, but a special blend of passion and persistence that she calls grit. Now, side note, as some of you will know, I hate the concept of passion that is often bandied around. Keep listening to find out why I like what she means by passion. Why do some people succeed and others fail? Sharing new insights from her landmark research, Angela explains why talent is hardly a guarantor of success. Angela has found that grit, a combination of passion and perseverance for a singularly important goal is the hallmark of high achievers in every domain. She's also found scientific evidence that grit can grow, which is very good news if you are ungritty, apparently like I am. Winningly personal, insightful, and even life-changing, Grit is a book about what goes on through your head when you fall down and how that, not talent or luck, makes all the difference. Again, that was taken from Angela's website, angeladuckworth.com, link in the show notes. Also included links in the show notes to the Grit scale, or the Grit test, where you can go on and test how gritty you are. You might find that gives you a massive existential crisis, like it may or may not have happened to me. You can also watch Angela's TED Talk and read an excerpt of Grit on the website and links, like I said, are in the show notes. A quote that I'll be sharing on social media this week and as part, is included in part of the show notes so you can share it too, is this great quote that our potential is one thing, what we do with it is quite another. And that was really sums up the book quite nicely, actually, in terms of it's not about your innate talents or your potential. It's what you do with that. Without further ado, let's get into the three big ideas that I took from the book Grit by Angela Duckworth. Big idea number one, effort counts twice. Without effort, talent is just unmet potential. And without effort, skill is what you could have done, but didn't do. Both those things are slightly sobering and a bit scary, but very true. Without effort, talent is just unmet potential. And without effort, skill is what you could have done, but didn't. Effort really is the elixir. It's the thing that opens up your talent and your potential and your skill. There's a formula in the book that skill times effort equals achievement, which I liked a lot. And it's that idea that effort is the multiplier. Effort is the multiplier effect that your skill then opens up and your your potential can be realized and you can then achieve what you need to achieve. The effort is grit. And as I said in the intro, grit is a combination of passion and perseverance. Angela talks in the book around that your overall goal is fixed, but how you get there is fluid. And the overall goal is the thing that you are gritty about. So that's where you need to apply your grit. How you get there, however, can be a bit more experimentational. Experimentational. I'm not sure if that's actually a word, but I think it should be. Anyway, you can choose, you can try different things when it comes to how to get to that goal. And that's where you can apply different thinking, give give up on stuff, try it out, see what works. But the goal, that's the fixed bit. 
What this means is that talent is overrated and very much over romanticized because we talk about, oh, that person's so talented and we really look up to people who we think or we feel or we maybe know have these innate talents. However, a lot of the time that's not actually talent. It's talent that has been realized through the application of effort or grit. So that's big idea number one, effort counts twice. Big idea number two is that you need to foster interest over passion. As I mentioned earlier, some of you will know that I have a bit of an allergy to this current zeitgeist around passion. Follow your passion, follow your dreams. It just makes me want to vomit. Because it's not that easy. It's not that simple. And in some of the work I do with younger people who are graduating and a few sessions I run with one of the universities here in Melbourne, I see this horror in, in these young people about to graduate from university saying, well, everyone says I should follow my passion, but I don't know what my passion is. It's actually very damaging, this whole passion rhetoric that floats around. Just because you love something, which is what a lot of people equate passion to, is this love of a certain thing or topic or field or whatever it is. Just because you love something doesn't mean you're necessarily good at it. And being and loving something doesn't give you this right to work in that area or to be the best in that field just through passion or love alone. Anyway, rant over. What you need to do instead is find what interests you. And it's naive to think that you will love every single second of something, whether or not you've got this magical passion or not. We need to focus on fostering interest and don't panic if you don't have a passion. Because passions are generally only found or fostered through experimentation, through interest. Julia Childs once said that the more I cook, the more I like to cook. And it just shows that compound effect. The more you do something and try it and remain interested in it and curious in it, rather than seeing this end goal of this magical passion that you're you're charging towards or you're trying to find. You can't see me at the moment, by the way, but my hands are all over the place. I'm gesticulating a lot. Clearly, I feel very strongly and very passionately even about this particular topic. Interests are also not reflective. So you don't find your passion by reflecting or filling in some survey online. They're triggered by interaction with the outside world through discovery, which can and should be messy. So go and find those things. Grit doesn't mean that you can never give up on something. Grit is about finding that interest. And Angela says in the book that before hard work comes play, you need to find something you can enjoy. Find something that will keep you interested because that's how the the Angela Duckworth or the grit version of passion is fostered and maintained through play, through curiosity, through wanting to find out more answers and see what's really happening. Not through feeling like this is the one thing I have to do and I'm passionate about it, therefore I have to stick to it. There's an analogy in the book that passion, this kind of passion that allows for grit is not like a firework going off, but like a long smoldering fire that just keeps burning over time. And that time can be years, decades, even a lifetime. They found that gritty kids tended to have multiple extracurricular activities and maintain those over a minimum of two years. This actually had a better correlation to them finishing college and staying in teaching. They use teaching students as, a, as an example here and staying in cheap teaching roles more so than SAT or GPA university scores. They applied this over the grit grid which was something that looked at extracurricular activities and how long kids stayed at them and, and the progress they made through them. So there's this really interesting 
idea here that passion is not this firework effect inside of you, but something that is fostered over time and continues to burn and linger. So if you are worried that you don't have this burning passion inside you for something and that you're somehow faulty because everyone else around you, or if you follow on Instagram or business people you read about seem to have this passion, a lot of them didn't. And they start by getting interested in something and just seeing where that goes. You can give that up. You can follow other things because you've got to find to be gritty at something, you've got to find something you're interested in. And that will take maybe several attempts. There are many examples in the book of people who were at the top of their field in research, in science, in sports, in business, in many different fields, all of whom had been through that process. Elite sports people who had tried many sports up to a fairly, I'd say old age, but certainly for people becoming elite athletes, getting into your late teens before you choose a discipline is actually kind of late in in many ways. But those of them who sustained that practice and actually were more interested in what they did were the ones who tried many different sports and activities before landing on this is the one I'm going to pursue and and follow and get to a higher level at. So that was big idea number two, foster interest over passion. Big idea number three is get gritty. Not a surprise, the whole book is about grit and luckily for me because I scored very low on the grit scale there is plenty of advice on how to grow your grit or get grittier. Now, what was really interesting when I was thinking about this is, and, and going through the book, and, and quite early on in the book, there is the grit, the grit test that you can do. So I found out very early on in the book that I was very low in my grit, which obviously made me feel very guilty and bad all the way through the book. And it was quite interesting, actually. It did actually have a bit of an effect on me. I did have a bit of an existential crisis around how ungritty I was and whether that really fitted into what I wanted to be known for. It didn't. Anyway, working on it. But one of the things I thought about when that was, when I was going through the book, was actually this podcast and how I've stuck at it for nearly a year. I mean, who knows? We've still got about another six six or so episodes to get through before I get to 12 months. But, you know, assuming that all goes to plan... I've stuck to it for a year. And that was always the thing was, right, try it for a year and then see what happens. Reading the book and seeing some of the research, I've set my mindset that I will do it for at least two years and then see what happens. Because there are a few things that you'll really see the benefit of, shall we say, until at least a year or two years of practice. Anyway, so that was my own personal takeaway from that particular part. But in terms of big idea number three and getting gritty, Dan Chambliss, who studies Olympic swimmers, said that the real way to become a great swimmer is to join a great team. You need to find a culture of grit where you just have to conform. You make it easy for yourself because being gritty on your own is very hard. You then stop worrying and stop worrying about forcing yourself to be gritty and you just turn up and do the things that everyone else is doing. And that's that group accountability and those group norms will carry you. You then start carrying those with you personally and internalizing them. It's not just the way we do things, but it's the way I do things. This does require some relentless communication, particularly in that team environment around what does good look like? How do we maintain grit as a team? This is also where you need to cultivate those interests. They found that grittier people had higher life satisfaction and higher self-control. They could resist temptations much more which was an interesting point around grit requires a sense or an ability to be uncomfortable because you're going to have to stick through things that aren't fun at times and you plateau and you feel like you're not making progress, but you just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. 
that ability to maintain and stay in discomfort really does talk to some of those things around being able to resist temptation. Because often when we're tempted by something, it's to relieve a discomfort. Being gritty is also about practicing well. And if you've read anything by Cal Newport in particular around deep work, it talks a lot about deliberate practice talked about his book so good you can't ignore you in an earlier podcast episode which i will link to in the show notes along with also outliers by malcolm gladwell and the 10,000 hour rule talks also a lot about deliberate practice another one i've talked about already i'll link to that in the show notes if you want to go back to that one deliberate practice they talk about in the book grit around this focus on improving not focusing on what you're already good at and practicing those things if I think about in most organizations there's this very very good and very noble strengths-based approach which is often used now i believe in all the research around how good that is that's that's not a not questioned but i think sometimes there is an under emphasis on improvement and what we can improve and talking about things we need to develop i particularly like the deliberately developmental organizational approach which i'll talk about in another episode because the whole book on that but this idea linked really closely around deliberate practice is about focusing on improving what you're not good at Those who practice alone tend to practice better. There's obviously time and a place and a need for doing group practice, particularly for team activities, sports, orchestras, etc. But the elite performers put in more individual practice, but we shouldn't overdo it. So this is not an invitation or an instruction to go and spend eight hours deliberately practicing because that will not actually get you better. There's a lot of rest involved, a lot of reflection involved and peak performers at their very highest level can only do about an hour of deliberate practice before needing a break. It is hard. It is meant to be uncomfortable and not meant to be fun. And a lot of elite performers who they spoke to in the book agreed with that. They said a lot of them actually, when they stop, maybe they retire or they step down from their professional level of expertise or whatever they're doing, they don't maintain that same discipline of deep work and deliberate practice because why would you? It's horrible. (laughs) It's not remotely fun. Deliberate practice or the model they talk about in the book involves a stretch goal, practice, feedback, reflection, rinse and repeat. Those four steps, a stretch goal, practice, feedback and reflection just over and over again. Just a reminder that to be gritty doesn't mean you never give up on anything. Otherwise, we'd all be doing 100 different things if we never gave up on all of the things and we'd just be making ourselves really quite miserable. Doesn't mean you can never give up, but you do that intentionally and you shouldn't give up when it gets hard. And that was the test they said, and Angela uses this with her own children, is you can quit, but you can only quit when a natural transition point comes in. So it's the end of a term, the end of a season, whatever it is. You can't just quit when it gets hard. I really liked that model and and similar to the thing I'd put in place with my podcast, you know, using those milestones saying, right, you can quit when you're a year in or two years in or three years in, but you can't just quit when you're bored or it's hard or it's you're tired and you haven't read enough books or whatever it is. You, You can't quit at those points. Those are the bits to apply some grits to. So that was big idea number three, get gritty. As you can hopefully tell, I really enjoyed this book. It gave me a lot to think about personally, but also in some of the teams and organizations that I work with. It really made me think personally around who else do I need to surround myself with, which is something I think about quite a lot anyway, but even more specifically around some of these gritty behaviors. Who do I know who is particularly gritty in some of the things that I wish I was grittier at? And how do I surround myself with them or hang out with them a little bit more or follow their plan or their pattern in a way that I don't almost have to think about it, but I can just turn up and show up. 
less about accountability, more about just borrowing someone else's already embedded habits, which is a pretty cool thing if you can borrow those. If you've read the book, I'd love to know what you thought, what you learnt. Did you also have a bit of an existential crisis around your own grit score? Still makes me a bit sad to think about it. Luckily, I have a growth mindset. Thanks, Dr. Carol Dweck. So I will and am working on improving my grit score. If you're doing the same or if you've read the book and have done the same, I'd love to know how you went. What did you do? What did you find that you were lacking in terms of grit? And how did you go about changing that? There was a point at the back where they were talking about the pros and cons and and how gritty is too gritty and all of those things. What was really interesting is when they did the life satisfaction survey with the people who scored different, different levels of grit and saw how satisfied they were with their lives. Lots of people said that they wanted a bit more grit. In fact, people, you know, many people did say they wanted a bit more grit. No one said they wished they were less gritty, which I think is always a, they haven't specifically t- tested what is too gritty. But the fact that nobody said, I wish I was less gritty is a bit of a sign that clearly it's a fairly virtuous behavior. If you have read the book, like I said, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Contact details as usual are in the show notes. But otherwise, until next time. Happy reading.